welcome to episode 25 of the Double Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Glick, and today we're bringing you a conversation with local artist Barry Crawford. I'm a kinetic sculptor. I build large-scale moving sculptures, most notably in the Burning Man circuit. If you've been to Burning Man in the past decade, there's a decent chance you've seen one of his large-scale kinetic sculptures. In 2013, he brought a giant mechanical dragonfly to the playa. He's also made a squid, and this year he's bringing a new project to Black Rock City, Ratchetfish. But on this windy summer afternoon, we're talking about a different piece. One that represents not only Barry's mechanical prowess, but a vision of Nevada. We're looking at this horse here. It's called Rearing Horse. This one also went to Burning Man, and if you haven't seen it, it's basically what it sounds like. It's a big horse that is rearing up on its hind legs, except this one's made with metal. It's made of mostly automotive parts, but you know, it's got mining parts, old farm equipment stuff. It's got basically any old chunks of steel of different types. But what makes Rearing Horse and Crawford's other works unique is how they move. Crawford points to the four hand cranks stationed around the perimeter. By turning those cranks, people can move different parts of the horse. One moves the front legs. Another, the mane. And then the neck and head will move with one of the cranks, and then the ears also will do a flippy when you're doing that one. The piece straddles Reno's downtown and neon line districts, and it's here I met with Crawford to learn more about this horse, his process, and how he strikes a balance between his artistic vision and making all of this machinery work. Talk to me about what exactly is a kinetic sculpture. That's a phrase I've, you know, I've never heard of before. So what is that and, and how did you get started with that? Okay, kinetic sculpture is one that has uh, moving elements. And I got into it because I've always had kind of a interest in machines and mechanical type things. I always liked making just little gadgets and whatnot. And I kind of got into the art scene because, well, my dad is a professional artist as well. And so anyway, I kind of had some of that background and I just kind of kind of fell into it really. And like, even when I was a little kid, I would build little mechanical, you know, art things. And they, they were, you know, useless things. I'd make little mechanical insects and stuff like that. Well, I guess what's the first thing you remember building or what's the first kind of kinetic sculpture you did? I used to be on about beetles a lot when I was a kid. No, I still still really like beetles, but uh, haven't made one in a long time. Were you a kid that took things apart a lot and, you know, kind of looked for parts to, to build things? Yes, I took a lot of things apart. <laughs> lots and lots of things. You know, my dad had a shop full of tools, and so I built things. I used metal and I used wood. Wood was a little more accessible because I didn't, I didn't know how to weld yet, stuff like that. So yeah, I made things out of wood and some things out of metal, but mostly mostly wood. And then I'd use VCR parts and just stuff I found. Yeah. So I guess when you have this idea, I want to do this horse. How do you go about? What's the next step? How do you design it? What I mean, what what do you do when you're like, okay, this is the next thing I'm going to do? Is it just finding parts? Like, how, walk me through that process a little bit. Well, basically, what I'll start out with generally on a sculpture like this is I'll is I'll get some anatomical diagrams, uh, specifically skeletal diagrams, and then I I get you know a couple 
angles so I can see everything. I measure everything out. I scale it up uh, to so that I know, you know, kind of what I'm looking for the real the scale of every part. Then I build a poseable frame that I can adjust um, the joints on, but it has all the it has the joints and the distance between the joints and all that in the right place, and so I can pose it to be what I want it to be, and it's. Uh, and you know it'll be just kind of a stick figure but I know because of the measurements that it's gonna come out shaped correct so the idea is that you start with the the movement and the joints like where you want it to move and sort of you, you sort of build the skeleton then and then you add kind of the rest of it after well yes I mean although even the joints that don't move I I make them movable in the early stages because you know if you weld a knee at one to one angle and then you later find out that looks bad well, then you have to cut it and change it and then that might look bad too so i like to make the whole frames posable um so yeah then once i've got sort of that situated then i'll start building the mechanical mechanisms i think on this one the first one i did was the the major one the leg mechanism for the front legs that kick in the air um so anyway i try to build that and just try to keep in mind things I'm going to have to avoid and worry about and uh, see how it goes. And then once I've got the mechanisms built, then I'll start to fill in uh, with aesthetic parts. That's kind of like what I'm seeing here. It looks like, is that an old like motorcycle seat or something there in the middle there? I'm not exactly sure what that is. I found it in uh, a dump pile. Well, I see um, giant springs on here. Yeah, yeah, those are just coil springs from coil suspensions of vehicles and um, yeah, I just kind of use any steel steel or iron parts that look cool um, and fit what I'm trying to do. How do you sort of balance the mechanical and usability features with you know making that it like it's making so that it also looks cool right like is it is it a challenge sometimes to get it to work and to look cool it can be very challenging to get it to to function and look right i i start with the mechanical thing i try to build a mechanism that can support more weight than i think i'm going to need to make it have the right appearance and you know just try to make it as robust as possible so yeah i just kind of make something that gives me a lot of freedom to worry about the aesthetics later. There's some people that lay out this blueprint of everything they're gonna do and then that's what they make. I don't work that way. I have the mechanics and then I'll have a few feature pieces. Uh, this big gear or something like this would look great right there. And so then I try to build things with those in mind, but a lot, most of the smaller stuff, it gets filled in and it's adapted to what I've already done. Well, and it sounds like too, given the way that you look for materials, you know, it's kind of whatever you have or whatever you can find. So yeah. a lot of this, you sort of have to be flexible, right? Because you, you don't know what you'll find. Despite how rusty everything looks, there's actually a fair number of new parts on this and all of my found art sculptures, because sometimes you know exactly what you need. Uh, and you need it so bad that you go ahead and you pay money for a brand new one and then you age it using chemicals and fire and whatnot. And then let's talk a little bit about just some of the mechanics. You see a couple of, I see some hand cranks well, here. The hand cranks generate a signal that's read by a computer in there and then the computer will use that as a, you know, a 
suggested speed and direction and it'll accelerate the motors towards that to move the part that the that that crank is paired to so this is beyond just physical space here you're actually you have computer you have computer elements in here too I do my first two sculptures were originally mechanical and I retrofit them with electrical elements later yeah, the, the the dragonfly was wind powered but to get enough wind to actually make it do what it did it you had you had to be kind of in a dust storm and so not too many people got to actually see it work then with the squid that was powered actually directly powered by the hand cranks through flex shaft cables and a series of gears and shafts and whatnot but what we found out is that people get pretty rough with those things when they get excited about it and anyway we broke all the spare drive cables the first two days of Burning Man. So the idea that you basically started with kind of the front legs, the tail, the main, like the, the mechanical areas of this piece and well, then kind of put it together? I started with, the, I, I did the front legs because that was a mechanism I understood and then I did the neck and got it working. Um, and then the main, the main and the tail were uh, the last mechanisms I built, but they were still prior to most of the, you know, the exterior parts that are for appearance. And then a tactical question, how do you move this thing? In, in about 40 pieces, I have to, not counting bolts and stuff, I have to disassemble all of it and uh, load it up in a trailer. How long does it take to, to disassemble and then and then also, how long does it take to reassemble? Uh, probably like a day or two, I think. On my uh, Facebook page, you can see uh, various things about some of the stuff. Like there's a fun little video of me driving the horse's rear end down the street with a little motorized uh, driver that I, that I made to do that. Uh, when I had to move it a block a couple years ago. Well, what's the future of rearing horses? Is this a permanent installation here? Then? No, it's it's on lease here uh, for however long uh, Jacobs Entertainment wants it uh, to be here, I guess. So I want to ask, um, do you find any bigger meaning to to either this piece or any of the other you know kinetic sculptures you've done in the past? Do you? Do you find a bigger meaning? Is there is there some kind of message you want people to know or is it just you're looking to build something cool? I'm looking to build something cool. I'm not really trying to say anything with my sculptures other than uh, here's a cool horse, you know. Not everything has to be educational. Sometimes it can just be fun. What would you say is something that is maybe misunderstood about the creative process or you, 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 something that you think it would be helpful for people to know who might want to do something creative on their own? I almost might go the other way with it. You know, what's right for me and my creative process is not necessarily gonna work for anyone else. And so you gotta, you know, as the saying goes, you do you and don't be afraid to take risks and do something different. How do you cultivate creativity in your life? Like, how do you make space for creativity when other things, other day-to-day -day life uh, duties may come up? Well, uh, I struggle quite a bit with that, actually. It's, um, you know, it, going through stressful periods, it can be really, really hard to 
be creative but uh, you know this is my my job so sometimes you just don't have a choice and so that that's a challenge and I think it's a challenge every artist faces I, I like what I do but there are times when you're like you know as my dad says why can't I just go feed cows because uh, it does have its ups and downs like anything before we wrap up what what are you working on now what's next for you I'm building uh, honorarium sculpture for this year's Burning Man called Ratchet Fish and it's sort of a mechanical fish that's going to swim around in the air on a little arm inside the uh, old, old frame that I used for both this sculpture and the squid sculpture at Burning Man before. So it'll be out there and it'll be another one of these crank controlled pieces and people will be able to turn the cranks and it'll swim around. That was Reno-based sculpture artist Barry Crawford. His piece, Rearing Horse, can be seen on the corner of 4th and Ralston Streets in Reno. To learn more about his work, you can visit Barry's website at CrawfordMetalWorks.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Crawford Metalworks. You can see photos of his Ratchet Fish project in progress over there. And if you want to learn more about his process, Barry also has a YouTube channel called Building with Barry. We've got photos of Rearing Horse and more on our website, doublescoop.art. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Double Scoop Podcast. This episode was produced in conjunction with Divergent Point Media. More info at divergentpointmedia.com. Our theme music comes from Reno singer-songwriter Greg Gilmore from his song, Who Am I? You can find more episodes of the Double Scoop Podcast on our website, doublescoop.art, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I'm Noah Glick, and thank you so much for listening.